Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Welcome. It is October 4th and welcome to the morning motivation. If this is your first time watching. Hello, this is where you get your daily dose of motivation and we sprinkle God all up and through there. So I hope you guys are blessed today. I hope you guys are ready for another day. I hope your week is going well. I know it's only Tuesday. But Monday just seemed long. I don't know if it, <laughs> it was just me, but Monday seemed quite, quite long. But I hope that the rest of your week goes great. I did want to let you guys know that I am opening back up 555 Transformation. For those of you who are not able to get in, I'm going to see if I can share my screen and upload. Oh, no, it won't. It won't let me do that. Hold on. Let me see if I can bring something up. If not. I'll do it later. Um, no, it won't. Okay. Wait, so we see, we see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Nope, it won't. Okay, I can do it later. But 555 Transformation is back open. We are going to kick off 555 Transformation on October 20th. October 20th. So make sure you get your appointments. You book in the description below your 30-minute free session with me. So that I can make sure that you're a right fit, that you're right, uh, that you can make sure that you're a right fit for this coaching program. So what 555 Transformation is, it's a five-week group coaching session with a pretty small group. I haven't decided how many people I'm going to let in, but it's a small group and you learn the five pillars of a life-changing transformation. So you learn about yourself, learn about your spirituality, whatever that may be. We do a deep dive in that. You learn about your physical health. You learn about your financial health, and then you learn about your relationship health because relationships make up 80% of our happiness. So we want to make sure that we are just overall across the board great. Um, what I will say, people in the past who have taken it have said that it has changed their perspective. They know themselves a lot better. They know what they want a lot more. They're more clear. So the 555 transformation is more so for people who have no idea like what they want to do, if they feel a little lost, if they're, they're like at the beginning of things trying to figure it out. Um, you do not have to be a quote unquote Christian to uh, come into the 555 because the spiritual spirituality module is just encompassing of everything spiritual. We do talk about Christianity, but if you are not a Christian, it is totally okay. Um, there is something there for you as well. And yes, we kick off October 20th. So how you can be a part of 555 Transformation is by clicking the link in the bio, getting on my calendar for a 30-minute free session. Now, my slots are not as available as they used to be. So make sure you get in to get your slot before uh, October 20th because I have very few slots to vet people to make sure that they're good for this program. And the reason why I do that is uh, to answer any questions that you may have to see if what you're asking for aligns with the program. I don't want you just paying for something. You get in it and then it's like, well, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I thought it was. So going through the 30-minute free session with me, we'll just make sure that you're on the right path and we get you in. You're locked in with your seat. But we are kicking off October 20th. And then not only that, we will have the follow-up program, the alumni program, which is encompassing, which I'll talk about tomorrow. So I hope you guys, um, yeah, just are, are just ready for just a new chapter. We're going into the new year. So I want to make sure that I am giving you as many tools as I can before the new year to set you on the right track. If you felt like you were a little lost this year, you didn't really get your footing, you, you're still trying to figure it out. Definitely one-on-one -on -one coaching is definitely guaranteed. I have had amazing re results with my 
clients. I've seen life changing. Just they put in the work. Of course, like I've facilitated, but they've really put in the work. And I highly recommend. They highly recommend. I have so many reviews and things like that. So I just definitely hope that you will join us on uh, the 555 transformation again, kicking off October 20th. And if you need more information, um, there are more, there are reviews on my, um, on my booking page, I believe if not, there will be. (laughs) Okay. So if you guys have any questions also about 555 or just any of the coaching that I give, go ahead and leave it in the comments. I will definitely go ahead and answer those for you. But today we are continuing on this is our final day, you guys, Ooh, in a purpose driven life. And we will still give out. I'll still be giving away one free book. I will be giving away the purpose driven life at the end of the week by going to brittanythehost.com. You can go ahead and uh, where is that? Oh, there we go. Brittanythehost.com and you can enter to win your free book. It'll be a pop up there. Go ahead and enter and you will be entered for a free book giveaway. Um, And yeah, head to the site, check it out. I have some resources there for you. You could go straight to some other coaching programs. I believe you could get the 555 through there, but make sure you book your one-on-one free session with me to make sure you are a right fit. But let's dive in. So this is the last one. We're not diving in. We still have to do our prayer and we still have to do our shout outs. (laughs) Did not forget, but this is our final chapter of a, a purpose-driven life. I highly recommend you guys get your own copy. If you do not want to wait for the giveaway because there's only one more left, go ahead and click the link in the description box to get your copy. Um, the link is down there to the Amazon store, the Amazon link, so you can grab yours. And we are reading chapter 40, Living on Purpose. I'm going to be really sad. This book had a whole lot of gems, especially if you're a part of the Christian faith. It really, really helps. And we're going to do a final dive and just wrapping it all up. So make sure you guys get your pens and papers because going to be asking a lot of questions. So this is kind of more of an interactive um, live stream. However, you're going to be writing down these things because there's a lot of questions that the book wants you to answer. So make sure that you're writing them down so you have them for yourself. If you do not have the book, I highly recommend getting it for yourself but we will be answering prompts. So make sure you go grab, you got a little time, go grab your paper, go grab your pen, go get your tablet, grab your phone, whatever you got. And make sure you are writing these questions down because I would hope that you guys answer these for yourself because we did a lot of work over the last, this is a 40, 40 chapters or 40 days, but of course we took the weekends off and a few other days. So, um, this we've been doing this for a while. We've been reading this book for a while. So I'm excited to wrap up and to move on to something else. I believe we're going to dive into purpose by TD Jakes. I will let you all know. Um, let me know if you guys have any book recommendations. I was thinking woman hour, not woman hour loose, excuse me, woman evolved. I was thinking balanced by Pastor Tori Roberts. Y'all know I love the whole Roberts Jake family. I stand. So anything that they do, is great. Um, there's another book called Produced by Faith by Devon Franklin that I thought was really good that we could talk about. So let me know what if there's a book that you guys recommend, uh, want to deep dive into, um, anything like that. Or if you guys wanted more like biblical topics, we could talk about that as well. And I'll just do my research. Just let me know. Would love to do that. But let's dive into the prayer, then do the shout outs if this is your first time watching live. Uh, Let me know where you are watching from. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you for being a part 
of the morning motivation. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet. I pray that anybody here uh, that's listening now and later has gotten something out of these last 40 chapters of a purpose-driven life, that they have gotten closer connection with you and that they are on the right path to their purpose. And if anyone is lacking their purpose, they're not understanding what their purpose is, that they get some sort of revelation today that you download it into their spirit and, and let, allow them to know that we are trying to do everything that is pleasing in your sight. In your darling son, Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Because that's what it's all about. So if you guys are first time watchers for the last, I don't know how many days we've been reading a purpose driven life and purpose driven life. This book is all about just finding God's main purpose for your life. Um, it's really life-changing. When I first started it, I told y'all years ago, I was not ready. The first chapter just is a whammy and it tells you it's not about you. And going through this, I've even had a closer relationship with God, reading it for myself, reading it with you guys. Um, so I pray that it does the same thing. It transforms you like it's transformed me and that you guys have gotten something out of just reading this book. But Let's go ahead and dive into the shout outs. Good morning, such a lady. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, Diamond. Good morning, Nana. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Diamond. Good morning, Turquoise. Y'all, we got two diamonds, okay? So when I say diamond twice, don't think I'm, I ain't Riri. We got two of them in the building, okay? <laughs> Good morning, Turquoise. Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Talia. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Glorious Rising, Happy Housewife. Good morning, Authenticating Beauty. Good morning, Elle. And good morning, Yolanda. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys um, for being a part. I will do me a favor because there's a few of you who have taken the 555 transformation. Put it in the live chat how you guys enjoyed it. If you guys agree, if you did not, you don't have to say anything. But I know it's a few of y'all who've done the 555. Um, let me know. And if those of you who have done the 555 want to go to the next level um, where we deep dive into more so purpose and we deep dive into planning your goals and executing your goals, then let me know um, in the comments as well. But we got some people that took the 555 on here and I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy getting to know you all. I really enjoy seeing how impactful the the course is really helping people change their mind, evolve, and just grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and all of that. So, and you get modules and things to take home with you. So I love it. Yes. <clears throat> oh, thank you. So such a, the happy housewife says it is such a good, good read, good book that I read over 20 years ago. I am revisiting it. I'm still starting uh, a woman's Bible study tomorrow with it. I'm so excited. Awesome. So you in a Bible study are going to start this book. Look at y'all. Look at y'all. Look at y'all. <laughs> Good morning. She Amber. She said her wife, I was tripping. No worries. Okay. So do you guys have your pen and paper? Make sure you get your pen and papers out. Um, because this, this, where this chapter, I'm going to do a lot of reading, but it is asking you to answer, um, some questions for yourself and we're going to dive into it. So it says, living with a purpose is chapter 40. Many are the plans in the man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's Proverbs 19 and 21. Um, for David served per the purpose of God in his own generation, which is Acts 13 through 36. 
So it says living on purpose is the only way to really live. Everything else is just existing. Good morning. Um, it says most people struggle with three basic issues in life. The first is identity. Who am I? The second is importance. Do I matter? The third is impact. What is my place in life? The answers to all three questions are found in God's five purposes for you, which we read yesterday. And for those of you who did not get it, because I think I did skip around a lot. Um, so let's just go over the five really quick from yesterday. No, I didn't skip these. Uh, love God with all your heart. Love, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Go and make disciples, meaning tell people about the glory of God. Baptize them into uh, you are formed in God's family. So your purpose is to identify with a church. And it says, teach them all the things that you know. It is our jobs to tell people what God has done for us. Okay. So it says the answer, the three questions that are found in God's five purposes for you. It says in the upper room, as Jesus was concluding his last days of ministry with his disciples, he washed their feet as an example, as an example and said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's not just good enough for us to know. We actually have to implement the things that we are learning. It says, once you know what God wants you to do, the blessings from, come from comes from actually doing them. As long as we come to the end of the four-day journey, which we didn't do, um, excuse me, 40-day journey. We didn't do 40-day journey, but to the book. <laughs> Together, now that you know God's purpose for your life, you will be blessed if you do them. It says that uh, this probably means that you will have to stop doing other things and that there are many good things that you can do with your life. But God's purpose, God's purposes are the five essential things you must do. So saying that there, you're gonna, there's going to be things that you're going to stop doing. There's things that you're going to do with your life. That is fine. It says, but God's purposes are the five essentials that you must do. It says, unfortunately, it is easy to get discouraged and forget uh, what is most important. It is easy to drift away from what matters and most slowly get off course. So as you're doing them, know that this is not going to be an easy path. When you choose to live your life more Christ-like, when you choose to accept God, oh, excuse me, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're really working through the purposes that God has called you to do, even if you didn't do the first part, which I highly recommend you do. Um, but if you start a journey on God's purpose in your life, it is not going to be an easy one because there are going to be things like we talked about yesterday that you're going to have to let go of. They're just no longer going to serve you as you get closer. The more you read your word, the more you go to church, the more you pray. And it's more about the relationship because church is just a building. However, we talked about why I highly recommend it <laughs> yesterday. But uh, you want to make sure that you know, you're going, not you're going to make sure you're going to change. You're going to start feeling it. You're going to start feeling convicted. And if you don't, then you might want to question, you know, what you're getting. It says it's easy to drift away from what matters most and slowly get off course. To prevent this, you should develop purpose statements for your life, then review it regularly. So now we're going to go through the purpose statements and here's where you get your pen and paper out. Okay. So make sure y'all got your paper, pen and paper. I'm going to do it like church. When you got to say, I got it. <laughs> in the comments. Good morning, you guys. When you got your pen and paper ready, say, I got it in the comments. <laughs> you know, in the past, it'd be like, turn to your neighbor or turn to chapter. 
My pastor be like, uh, my apostle says, tell me when you when you got it, say you got it. And make sure y'all writing this down because this is important, especially if you're not going to get the book. Okay, Aubrey says, I got it. Thank you. And if you're writing in your phone, make sure you got it, okay? It says, um, and, but it's, I will say, although we have technology, right, and we can write things down um, in our phones, we can type them. And I know a lot of people take notes in your phone. I take my daily notes in my phone. But there is something psychological. It sticks more when we take it to pen and paper. Don't know why. It just does. Okay. It says, what is life's, what, what is a life purpose statement? All right. So this is your statement. Thank y'all. I write like I got it. Okay. It says this, this is your life's purpose statement. It said, is the statement that summarizes God's purpose for your life. In your own words, you affirm your commitment to God's five purposes for your life. A purpose statement is not a list of goals. Okay, so before you write your purpose statement, and you're not going to write your purpose statement today because this is going to take time. You're going to have to pray about it. You're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to have to get with God and see what he has for you. But I'm going to tell you guys what to write down. So don't fret, okay? But your purpose statement is not a list of goals. So you're not going to be like, oh, I want to lose five pounds. I want to become a millionaire. I want to have a family and travel the world. That's not That's not what you're purpose statement is. That's your goals. Good to have goals. You got to have your goals, right? Because goals are going to keep you going in life. But your purpose statement is like your blueprint. Your purpose statement is like how you're going to build the foundation for the rest of your life, like the blueprint of a, of a house. Your goals are like what color the walls are going to be, what kind of furniture you're going to have. It's the experience you're going to have with it. Does that make sense? But the purpose statement is your foundation. It's your blueprint. It's your your home's walls. Your goals are the things that you put in your home. Like there's a wall behind this greenery, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Okay, so this is a purpose statement is not a list of goals. Goals are temporary. Purpose, purposes are eternal. The Bible says his plans endure forever. His purpose lasts eternally. Okay, so it's the statement that points the direction of your life. Okay, so here's what we write down. Okay, it says writing down your purpose on paper will force you to think specifically about the path of your life. The Bible says, know when you know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. As um, a life purpose statement is not, on, not only spells out what you intend to do with your life, your money, your uh, but it implies what you aren't going to do. So this is going to be like your left and right limits. Thank you. Exactly, Corey. Corey says you remember 35% more things when you write them down. Thank you. And thank y'all for saying I got it. <laughs> Proverbs says an uh, intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Okay. So having this foundation is going to set the tone. It says in the statement that defines success for you, it's a statement that defines success for you. And not success, like I said, not success in the goal, the goals aspect, a successful life. When you, the book says don't do this, but when, okay, I'm just going to keep reading. It states what you believe is important, not what the world says is important. It clarifies your values. Paul said, I want you to understand what really matters. It's a statement that clarifies your roles. You will have different roles at different stages of your life, but your purpose will never change. They are greater than any role you will have greater than a wife, mother, all those things, right? It says a statement that expresses your shape. 
It reflects, it reflects the unique way God made you to serve him. It says, take your time writing out your life's purpose statements. Don't try to complete a sing in a single setting. So you're not going to do this to this morning. Again, we haven't written everything down yet. It says, don't try to uh, complete it in a single setting and don't aim for perfection in your first draft. This is going to be a rough draft when you write it down. It says, just write down your thoughts as fast as they come to you. Um, it is always easier to edit later. This is always easier to edit later. It says, here are five questions you should consider when preparing your statement. So that's what a purpose statement is. So a purpose statement is you're going to summarize what God's purpose is for your life, the direction that your life is going to go, um, the statement that defines success for you. Remember, we said, talked about spiritual success, not worldly success. A statement that clarifies your role, how you're going to serve God, and a statement that expresses your shape. And remember, we talked about shape a couple of weeks ago. All right, so it says life's five greatest questions. So here's what you write down right here. These are the questions. What will be the center of your life? Write that down. What will be the center of my life? And I'm going to read while you write that down. What will be the center of my life? It says this question is of worship. I says, who you are going, who are you going to live for? What are you going to build your life around? Uh, you can center your life around your career, your family, sports or a hobby, money, having fun and many other activities. These are all good things, but they don't belong at the center of your life. Right. So it says your family doesn't belong at your center. Your career doesn't belong in the center. Your goals, your hobbies, your money does not belong at the center of your life. Can float around, but not at the center. It says none of none of these are strong enough to hold you together when life breaks you apart. I'm gonna tell y'all like this because I'm seeing it, and I'm not trying to tell. I'm not telling nobody's business. Your children, as much as you love them, they may grow up and disappoint you. So they cannot be the center of your life because the book says none of these are strong enough to hold you together when life life starts breaking apart. Your marriage that you love so much. Even though he's probably a great man, it can't be the center because God forbid something happens. Like nothing in life is is permanent. You know, there are good seasons and there are bad seasons. It can't be your money. It can't be having fun. It can't be activities. None of these can be the center of your life. You know how people say music is my life. They can't be the center of your life. It can be be in your life, just not the center. It says you need to, you need an unshakable center. King Asa said, told uh, King Asa told the people of Judah, center their lives in God. Actually, whatever is in the center of your life is your God. So whatever you like, this is my, you know, how people say like, my husband is my world or my kids are my world, right? It says, whatever is in the center of, center of your life is your God. So really think about that. What's in the center of your life? When you commit your life to Christ, he moves into the center, but you keep him there through worship. Paul says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in in your hearts. It says, how do you know when God is in the center of your life, right? How do you know that you're putting God in the middle of it and not everything else? It says, when God is at the center of your, of your life, you worship and he's not, uh, when he's not, you worry. So when it's saying that when God is in the center of your life, this is how you know. If you're worried about everything, if you're like, oh my God, I'm going to make this happen. 
my husband's doing this. My kids are doing this. When God is not at the center of your life, you start worrying. But it says when God is in the center of your life, you worship because, you know, good, bad or indifferent. I'm going to worship you. Thank you for everything. No matter what, you're going to show gratitude. You're going to be, you know, solid in your worship. You're going to say no matter what, God is still in the center. He has his hand over everything. So I'm not going to worry. So that's how, you know, when God has moved out of the center of your life, you start worrying. When God is in the center of your life, you worship. It says worry is the warning light that God has been shoved to the sidelines. Mm. The moment you pull back at the center, uh, you will have peace again. So once you, if you're, if God moves out of center, because it's going to happen possibly, but when you move him back, that's when you gain your peace. You know how people like my woman should be my peace. No, God is going to bring you your peace. She should be a part of your peace, but God is going to be your peace. Can't no person, can't no person or thing or anything be your peace. It's going to be God. Happy Housewife says, Matthew 6 and 21, where your treasure lies, so does your heart. Absolutely. Same. It's the exact same thing. So whatever is in the center of your life is your God. Okay. Okay. So this is the next question. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't say this part. My bad. Uh, the Bible says a sense of God's wholeness will come and settle, settle you down. It is wonderful what happens when Christ uh, this, uh displaces worry at the center of your life. I love that. That was beautiful. All right. So here's the second, here's the second question. What will be the character of your life? So the first question we wrote down is what will be the center of your life? And then this is the question. It says, what will be the character of my life? The character of, of your life. It says this question, this is the question of discipleship. What kind of person will you be? God is far more interested in what you are than what you do, right? Sometimes we get into a space where we're like, oh my gosh, God, what am I going to do for work? What am I going to do for work? What am I going to do for work, right? God gave you gifts that you can use to make money and he gave you gifts to uplift his kingdom. He cares more about that than he does what you do for money, as long as it's, you know, morally correct in his eyes, right? So you might want to be a doctor. That's great. That's a great thing. It's positive. It's going to help people. That may not necessarily be your purpose. Does that make sense? What you do for like for me, I help, uh, now I help brands with their social media, right? I help companies build their social media. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to help people. You know, my purpose is to spread the word and, and use my gifts through the internet to do, I believe that's a part of my purpose, right? Or this is the medium that I'm using because God gave me a, a gift of not being scared to speak. God gave me a gift of understanding people and empathizing with people. I believe a part of my, a lot of my purpose is my coaching because I, I do that in a very, it just, it's a free flowing thing. That's a part of my purpose. And yes, I make money doing that, but that's my purpose. What I do for nine to five or not nine to five in contract, I'm proud of myself for doing that. What I do in my business is not my purpose. Does that make sense? So it says, what kind of person will you be? God is far more interested in what you, in what you are than what you do. So being a good person, being a good disciple, it says, remember, you will take your character into eternity, but not your career. 
So all these people that's acting around, walking around mean and acting like the world revolves around them and they ish don't stink and this and this and this. Take you take your character with you. When your soul leaves your body, so does your character. Okay? Not what you do. It says make a list of character, the character qualities you want to work on and develop in your life. So it says make a list of the character qualities you want to work on and develop in your life. Now just write it down because you're gonna have to go back and do this later. We can't, we ain't gonna be able to do it in 30 minutes. <laughs> it says you might begin with the fruit of the spirit um, or the beauties. I don't know what that means. Yeah. It says, Peter says, don't lose a minute on in building on what you've been given. Com uh, complete contemplating your basic, your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert, discipline, passionate, patience, reverent wonder and warm, friendly and generous love. It says, don't get discouraged and give up when you stumble. On this path, like I said, it's not going to be an easy one. There are going to be days where you're going to be disappointed in yourself. There is going to be days where, thank you, Norma. Thank you. Thank you, Authenticating Beauty. Beauties are blessed, are the meek, blessed are the, thank you. Appreciate that because I was like, what is that? <laughs> I haven't read that. And thank you, Norma. This is what Norma said about the 555 transformation was definitely a life changer for me. I learned so many new things about myself. The five pillars are now essential part of my life and I will be signing up for part two. Yes. Thank you, Norma. I appreciate that. Let me get me a screenshot of that. All right. <laughs> All right. So. It says, uh, don't get discouraged and give up when you stumble. It takes a lifetime to build Christ-like character. If we've been doing a certain thing most of our lives, right? If we've been out in the world, pee popping on a handstand, smoking a sweet, doing whatever you were doing, right? Maybe if you're called to celibacy, maybe you were fornicating at one point. It takes time to build that Christ-like muscle, like going to the gym. You can't do it. You can't just do it sporadically. If does that make sense? Like it just won't happen. It'll, it takes motion and mo and motion. So don't it says, do not take, it says, don't uh, give up when you stumble. It takes a lifetime to build Christ-like character. It says, Paul told Timothy, keep a firm grasp, grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep it. Just keep at it. So just keep going. And thank you, Norma, for that. I appreciate that. Um, it says, okay, so here's the third thing to write down. Okay. So we talked about well, who is the center of your life. We talked about the character of your life. This is the third one. Y'all, why do I always burp on this show? Excuse me. I didn't mean even say that in the mic. <laughs> um, okay. It says, what will be the contrib the, okay. What will be the contribution of my life? How will you contribute? What will be the contribution of my life? It says, this is the, that's the third thing to write down. It says, this question is of service. So what, in what ways are you going to contribute? What ways are you going to contribute? Uh, what will be your ministry in the body of Christ? Knowing your contribution of your spiritual gifts. Remember the things that come naturally to us, right? Spiritual gifts, heart, 
abilities, personality, and experiences your shape, what will be your best role in the family of God? How will you serve? I believe I'm a helper. I have just an innate wanting to help everybody. You can be in the grocery store and you might be debating on what mayonnaise to buy. And I'm going to be like, it's like pains my soul to see you struggle. So I want to jump in and help. You know, the person that gives unsolicited advice, that's me. I am she. Um, so I am a helper by nature. So what ways will you con- contribute in your life? And you can think about some things like that. And I can turn that that negative of being um, giving the unsolicited advice. Of like, how can I help more? How can I be of service to people? I love to help people. I believe that is my purpose in any form of fashion, no matter what work I do, no matter if it's in my job or my purpose, or I always want to help someone. So what is your contribution of life? How will you serve? It says, what would be your best role in the family of God? How can you make a difference? Is there a specific group in the body that I am shaped to serve? It says, Paul pointed out two wonderful benefits of fulfilling your ministry. This service, this serve, uh, this service you perform not only meets the meets the needs of God's people, but it also produces an outpouring of gratitude to God. It says, while you are shaped to serve others, even Jesus didn't meet the needs of everyone while on earth. So it's saying everybody that you meet you might not be able to serve. Maybe you're better off in the youth sector. Maybe you're better off with children. Maybe you're better off with serving the pastor or being a deacon or, you know, being in the choir. Maybe you help people through your voice or you serve through your voice. It says you have to choose with whom can best help. Can you best help based on your shape? Like for me, I think, oh, I love that. Nana says, I think I'm an encourager. That is amazing. So you might be a great coach. Like I took a personality test recently, which is going to be a part of the 555 transformation. I'm going to add that. Um, and if all my 555ers that have already taken the course, it will be in your second course. But if you believe that you're an encourager, you might be an amazing coach because that's what coaching is. We just change people's mindset and we encourage them to keep moving forward into their thing. So it says, I can... Um, it says, Jesus says, I commissioned you to go out and bear fruit, fruit will that will last forever. Each of us bears different fruit. So what using your specific God-given abilities, right? Your spiritual gifts, your heart abilities, personality experiences. What is your best role in the family of God? And I want to challenge you, not just in the church, but also out of church. You know, because we're not going to be able to save everybody. We're not going to be able to to touch every single person, but there may be a sector. Like I believe mine is mostly women of a certain age going through a certain phase in their life. I believe after the phase is over or you've gotten like, oh, I believe my purpose is done in their lives unless they have an issue with something else. Does that make sense? Like I'm for a very specific people. Um, And it talks about that. So what will be your your contribution of your life? Okay. So the fourth thing to write down is what will be the communication of of my life? This is the fourth thing. What will be the communication of my life? It says, this is the question of your mission to unbelievers, right? 
So we've already, we know that God is the center or we figured out what our center is. We figured out our character because we got to know to your own self be true. You have to know you before you can help anybody else. That's the first, you got to, got to know who you are, right? So it's the character. Then it says, what will I contribute with my life? How will you serve like in church or the people of God? And then it says, what will be my communication in life? This statement is your mission to unbelievers because everybody you come across isn't going to believe. And then everybody's going to be on their different path at different times, right? Maybe that person does believe, but they're just not where you are. And that's nothing for us to turn our nose up at. That's not something for us to like push people into the space that we're at because everybody gets there at their own time and how God, you know, commissions them and calls them and if and he gives us free will. But what is your mission to unbelievers? It says your mission statement is a part of your life's purpose statement. It says it should include your com your commitment to shape your testimony and the good news with others. You should also list the life lessons and godly godly passions you feel God has given you to share with the world. It says as you grow in Christ, God may give you a special target group of people to focus on reaching. Be sure to add this to your statement. If you are a parent, part of your mission is to raise your children to know Christ and to help them understand his purposes for their lives and to send them out on their mission in the world. Um, Joshua's statement is also says, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. So being a parent may be a part of your mission in this season in your life is to make sure that your children understand. Remember, we talked about that good foundation of bringing kids into the into the church and getting in that foundation. So that might be a part of that. I believe is is a part. Got to got to do that. Uh, but that's just me. Of course, our lives must support and validate the message we, we communicate before most unbelievers accept the Bible as a credit as credible. They want to know that we are credible, right? So people are going to look at your fruit. So it's important for us not to just be like, you need to do this and you need to do, we can't do that. You know, we have to be living examples. We have to show up. We have to be consistent. We have to, with our actions, how are you showing up on social media? How are you showing up in your day-to-day -day life? Are you telling people about God on Sunday, but cussing people out on Wednesday? You know, can people see your spirit? Like people have told me like, wow, you have a pretty spirit, not to brag or anything, but people can see your spirit, especially people that are believers. Like your aura says a lot about you, your, your energy, we could take it off the Bible. Your energy says a lot about you before you even speak. Remember, there's a quote that Oprah always says that stuck with me since I've heard it. Be responsible for the energy that you bring into a room. So do you have a light around you or if you have a dark cloud? Because if you're trying to tell non-believers to sign up for Jesus, because Jesus did amazing things in your life, but you, you're a mean woman or a mean man, or you go around cursing everybody out, or you're just not, not a good person, your fruit is going to show that, like, I don't, I don't want that. If that's, that's why a lot of people have strayed from church and God. If that's what God is, I don't want no parts. You don't want to be uh, an example to shun people away. Do the best of your ability to, to show up and be credible for what we say that we're going to do, right? It says, be sure that you live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ. It says, okay, so this is the fifth one. Is this the fifth? One, two, three, four, five. This is the fifth one. 
it says, what will, what will the community of my life? What will be the community of my life? Excuse me. Um, this question is a fellowship. Remember yesterday we talked about getting around like-minded people, having some friends that are uh, other believers. It says, how will you, um, demonstrate your, uh, your commitment to other believers and connect to the family of God. Okay. So there's things that you're going to, you're going to have your call to do with non-believers, but then how are you going to also show up for those who believe and connect with them? Right. Where will you practice the one another commands, the commands with other Christians? So we're commanded to link with like-minded people, right? And this could be, this could be who you marry. This could be who, who you choose to be your friends or your inner circle or just your church family. It says to which church family will you be joining? Will you be joined as a functioning member? It says, uh, the more you matter, the more you mature, the more you will love the body of Christ and want to sacrifice for it. And ain't that the truth? It says the Bible says Christ loves the church and gives his life for it. It says you should include an expression of your love for God's church in your statement. As you consider your answer to these questions, include any scriptures that speak to you about each of these purposes. It says there are many, many in this book, which I'm reading, which you guys got to get. And many take you weeks or months to craft in your life's purpose statement just the way that you want. It says, pray and think about it and talk with your close friends and reflect on scripture. It says, you may go through several rewriting. So as you write your own personal mission statement, you may go through a few different ones. It says, even then you will probably make minor changes as time goes by and God gives you more insight to your life's own shape. All right. It says, in addition to writing the details of your life's purpose statement, it is also helpful to have a shorter statement or slogan that summarizes these five purposes of your life that is memorable and inspires you. Then you can remind yourself daily. So you can put it like next to your vision board. So not only do you have a vision board, but then you have your mission statement. And if you're married, I've also heard this. Um, if you're married, it is really good to have a family mission statement. So everybody in the family knows their role. They know what their, their goals are and what their like where the family is heading. I've heard a lot of, I heard a few families say that they had a family mission statement. And I thought that that was so dope. So let's read over the five again. Okay. So what will be the center of my life is the first one to write down. What will be the character of my life? What will be the contribution of my life? And what will be the communication of my life? And lastly, what will be the community of my life? Okay, Nana says, oh, I appreciate that. Nana says, Brittany, you have a beautiful spirit. Almost 10 months of morning motivation, I can confirm. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Dang, y'all, it's been 10 months. Ooh, 10 months. Hallelujah. <laughs> it just hit me. Um, that's And thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it says, it will be good to keep these things in your mind so that you are ready to repeat them. And here's a few examples. So if you guys want to hear a few examples, I'm going to read a few. Okay. It says, so one of the examples says, my life's purpose is to worship Christ with all my heart, serve him with my shape, 
uh, fellowship with his family, grow like him in character, and fulfill his mission in the world so that he receives the glory. That's one. Here's another one. My life's purpose is to be a member of Christ's family, a model of his character, a minister of his grace, a messenger of his word, and a magnifier of his glory. This is another one. And this is the short, this is the short one, not the long one that you got to really write out. Um, these are all the short ones. So this is another one. My life's purpose is to love Christ, grow in Christ, share Christ, and serve Christ through his church, and to lead my life, lead my family and others to do the same. Here's another one. My life's purpose is to make a great commitment to the great uh commandment and the great commission. And finally, my goal is Christ-like, my family is the church, and my ministry is blank, my mission is blank, and my motive is the glory of God. Okay? All right, so for those of you, and now this is just purpose. We ain't even got to the got to your job yet. So that's just your purpose. Seems like a lot, don't it? <laughs> Seems like I got to do this for me, got to do this for God, got to do this for the church, and got to do this for the life. Well, what about my career? What about my other stuff? We're going to get into it, All right? So here it goes. It says, many may wonder, what about God's will for my job, my marriage, or where I'm supposed to live or go to school? This is a great question because I get, a, I get this a lot with some of my coaching clients. And it says, honestly, these are secondary issues for your life. And there are there may be multiple possibilities that would all be in God's in God's will for you. What matters most is that you fulfill God's eternal purpose, regardless of where you live, work or whom you marry. Those 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 decisions should support your purpose. The Bible says many are the plans of man's heart, but the Lord's purpose that prevails. Focus on God's purpose for your life, not your plans, since that will since that will last forever. Okay. It says, I once heard the suggestion that you develop your life's purpose statement based on what you want people to say about you at your funeral. The book says, imagine your perfect eulogy, then build your statement on that. It says, frankly, that is a bad plan at the end of your life and what people say about you won't matter. The only thing that matters is what God will say about you. So let's go back to this whole idea of where should I live? Where should I work? Who should I marry? Right? If we do not have the foundation of purpose, you can end up marrying the wrong person and then waking up one day and going, oh, my purpose isn't to be a baker or whatever this is. My purpose is to serve God in this way. And then now you, you marry somebody else out, out of line with your purpose, or you find your purpose and you go to school in Washington. Cause you think that you're supposed to be a politician, but really you were supposed to go to Prairie View A&M cause they have the best nursing program in Texas. See, I threw that in there. <laughs> I love my school. Um, so when we are focused on what to do, like a lot of people are like, Oh, should I move? Um, you know, should I get married? Should I have kids? Should I, should I, should I, should I? And so we scramble and we pray to God and we ask him all of these things. But I think that it will be so much clearer for us and we'd have a lot more understanding 
is if we focus on purpose first, right? When you get to know who you are, get to know who God is in you, what God is calling you to do, it makes every other decision a lot less stressful, right? Because if your purpose, say if your purpose is to, say if you have an inkling to help a specific church, or you go online and you see that they have an opening and you apply for the opening, right? Say you're being pulled or called to like, man, I really feel like I can do a great job in service there. That feels like that's a part of my purpose, or I know that my purpose is to help and they have a position to help. I think I do great with that. It makes everything else so much more simple, right? Okay. Then you move to Colorado or wherever the church is, or, you know, um, say you meet a man and he knows his purpose and you feel like your purpose is to be a helpmate. Now it just seems easy, right? Like, okay, well, like, uh, I'll give you guys a perfect example. When I was, uh, I, Deval and Kadeen Ellis love them, right? Love them, love them as a couple on the internet. Um, I really feel like they're as genuine as can be. Don't know them personally. Can't wait to meet them by, by chance, but the Ellis's just seem amazing. Right. And one day Deval, when they were dating, they were really young. And Deval said to, to Kadeen, which is now his wife over 10 years, he said to her, um, these are the plans that I have. You know, he was rooted in his purpose. He had a goal. He had a vision. This is, he had a, and this is a very important ladies, a man without vision shall perish. If you were dating a man and he does not have a vision for his life, you may want to pump the brakes. Not saying that you won't want to be with him, but you might not want to marry him just yet. Because purpose and vision is important, especially if you're going to be the wife and the helpmate and all that. But anyways, going back to the story. So Deval says to Kadeen, like, these are the things that I want to do. Like he said, I want to go to school. So I'm going to play football. Then one day I want to be an actor. He had his whole plan laid out. He knew that he, that was his purpose. That was something that he was going to do. Um, he was going to use his gifts and his talents to fulfill his purpose. And he wanted a family and things like that. She looked at him and said, well, what do we got to do to make it happen? I feel like in that moment, they cemented their purposes together. He knew that, Hey, in order for me to get X, Y, and Z, I'm going to need her along the ride. And she knew her purpose. My purpose is to help you fulfill your purpose because it's going to fulfill my purpose. And so on and so forth. You understand? So when you have someone, and this is women too, you got to know your purpose. You know, there's no point. If if you feel like you are divinely made to be a wife, then you have to, you know, not wait per se, but be patient and wait on the man that has the purpose and the vision that you're like, oh, that that's it. Does that make sense? Like when a man has a purpose and a goal and he's already working towards it, especially depending on how old you are. If you're young, he might not be there yet. If you're a little older, then he should be walking and doing those things, right? Um, he should be walking and doing those things or trying to make them happen or whatever the case may be. And if you believe that a part of your purpose is to be a helpmate and to help him fulfill that destiny of his purpose, then you can recognize that. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I see the areas in which I can help out. But if there's friction there, that might be a sign that that's not it. Does that make sense? Um, but that's just, that's just my two cents. But just always think about that. And, and if you're dating, and if you, especially if you're dating for a purpose, if you're dating with Christ in mind, if you're dating with God in the center of it, those are questions that you should definitely ask like by date three. 
You know, do you know your purpose? What are your goals? And it's not to have like this whole interview session, but you want to make sure that you're dealing with somebody that's just not drifting in the wind. You know, what did this say? Um, it said it right here. An intelligent person aims at a wise action, right? A man without vision shall perish. And this could be a woman too. When I say man, it's humans. An intelligent person aims at wise action, right? But a fool starts off in many directions. So it takes some time. It takes a season. And, and you could be a woman in this season. You could be a man in this season. It takes seasons to be alone in your singleness, to be with God, to try different things, to figure it out. And then once you figured it out, to aim a wise action, to have your sight set in a direction. Can't be in this direction, going this way, this way, this way. Or you meet somebody and they say, well, I don't know. Doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means at that point in their life, they haven't figured it out yet. And to me personally, just personal experience, it's not wise to link up with somebody like that because they're trying, they shouldn't be figuring it out with you unless you're young. If you're young, that's a different story. If you're older, you know, certain things should be figured out because if you can't link with anybody that doesn't know, same as a woman, you should take time in your singleness to figure out what you want. What are your, what are your purposes? And because what's going to happen, like I said before, once you link with a man or a person who you feel like, okay, my purpose aligns with that. I feel like I would be a great fit with that because he has the direction, you know, but if you meet somebody and they like, well, I don't know, we just going to sit here and figure it out. How long are you going to ride around in the car with no GPS? And sometimes no matter how hard you push. Because some people think, well, I can help him figure it out. Maybe, but experience has told me that's not true. And maybe, maybe you will, but then maybe it won't be what God has for him. Because a man has to get, get his direction from, uh, he doesn't get his direction from his wife. He doesn't get his direction from his girlfriend. He doesn't get his direction from his mother. He gets his direction from God. And a man, and that's another thing is why. They really stress on being equally yoked with someone, right? So if you are a woman of Christ, not just a woman of God, but a woman of Christ, then will there be disputes on how you raise your children, what um, what things you celebrate? And all these things might sound small in the interim, right? You link up with a Muslim, not to say that that's bad for them. Now, we don't know. God has different things for everybody else. But there are things that they do not celebrate. So you have to think about your purposes as a mother. Like, are you going to be able to put your traditions and things like that? And if you're supposed to link with that man and he's a Muslim, if he's the head of the household, are you now going to denounce Christ? These things are important to think about and to know for yourself uh, as a woman and, and as a man. So when you link with someone, it's purpose filled, not just worldly filled. Because you may love that person. That person might be a great and outstanding person. But if you are not equal in what God's purpose is for your life, then you're just going to waste time and derail. And you're going to spend time budding and fighting and, and not fulfilling each other's purposes. He's not going to fulfill his purpose and you're not going to fulfill your purpose. Or you're going to fulfill it halfway or a little bit because we're too distracted on what's going on in the world. Or what you got going on Monday, Wednesday through Friday. So that's why I believe the Bible uh, challenges us to find someone equally yoked 
because not only is it just that he believes in Christ or he believes if you're a Muslim that he believes in, in Muslim culture, that's one part of it. But does this person know their purpose? Does their purpose align with my purpose? Could I see as a woman, could I see myself helping that man as a purpose? Like I'll give you a perfect example. If a man is called to minister, right? If a man is called to minister and as a woman, you do not see yourself getting up every Sunday. You don't see yourself going and dedicating time to mission work and helping the community and talking to a whole lot of people you don't want to talk to and being by his side every Sunday and, and helping him with the sermons and, and allowing him to travel without you. If you cannot live that life, then that's not your purpose mate. Does that make sense? If you perfect another example, if that person's purpose may be to be entertainment, if you do not allow that man to go to that studio, if you will not be his number one fan and sit through those songs you may not like and be in the crowd hyping him up when ain't nobody else there, you know, or listening to the raps that you don't, you know, and being honest and whatever the case may be, whatever that purpose is being fulfilled, maybe his purpose is through music, right? If you can't, if you weren't, if you weren't able to go through that journey with him, then there, that's just not your purpose, mate. That person is a woman, and this is my personal opinion. Just if we're supposed to be helpmates, right? If we're doing bib by biblical standards, if we're called to be helpmates, gotta make sure you're equally yoked with someone because it it's more than just religion, and it's more than just uh, what is it called, uh, chemistry. Like I was dating someone, and I had to end it because. Certain things we just didn't align with. And he was a great guy, had an amazing time. But there were certain things I know to fulfill my purpose at, out of a man I'm going to need, right? And he looked at me and he, well, he told me because we were on the phone. He was like, dang, this sucks because we, our chemistry is undeniable. Chemistry is not purpose. Chemistry is a part of what attracts two people together. But that's like step two or three, right? Just like love isn't enough to keep people together. Cause if that was the case, then people would stay together. Does that make sense? I believe purpose and continuing to dedicate yourselves to that purpose together is what keeps people together. Just my personal point of view and just what I've seen, but all right, y'all. So do not forget to sign up. If you guys want to sign up for the five, five, five transformation, if this is something that you are interested in, thank you so much, Norma for, um, Putting this on the screen, the 555 transformation was definitely a game changer for me. I learned so many new things about myself. The five pillars are now an essential part of my life. I will be signing up for part two. Thank you. But uh, 555, if you guys do not know, the five pillars that we go through every week, it's a five-week group coaching session. The first week is self. The second week is spirituality. Uh, the third week is health. The fourth week is finances. The fifth week is relationships. And then you get a life plan at the end and you will get some extra goodies in the midst of it. You'll get homework. You'll get um, you'll get access to a personality quiz so you can see where your strengths are, which I think everybody should take a personality quiz to get to know yourself a lot more. Um, there's a little bit more added value. You'll also get a a uh, affirmations, a confidence affirmation in it as well. And I will be talking about. For my alum, for my 555 alumni, I will be talking about the course that you guys can sign up for as well. 555 Transformation kicks off on October 20th. So make sure you guys, Thursday, October 20th, and we're going to meet 
uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, make sure you guys go ahead and click the link in the bio and sign up for your 30 minute free session with me so we can make sure that you're a good fit. I don't take people's money without knowing that it's it's going to value. It's going to be value for you. And I want to make sure that you get the bang out of your book and that you're going to get exactly what you need. OK, thank you, Brandy. You guys have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed day. Do not forget to sign up for the 555 transformation. Uh, if you are interested, again, book a 30 minute free coaching session. That's the only way you can get in. You can't sign up no other way. So book a 30 minute free session with me. Then you will um, you will get all the information you need. You can ask all of your questions. You get to talk to me one on one and then we will put you in the coaching program. But again, October 20th, uh, we will kick it off on and then I have to come up with it. I haven't come came up with a date yet for um, the alumni program, but I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed day. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and DM me again, book your 30, 30 minute free coaching session. In order to do that, you can also go to Brittanythehost.com or click the link down below. I love you guys so much for watching. I will catch you guys tomorrow for Wednesday hump day. I hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed day. And don't forget purpose over everything. Make sure everybody has any questions. I love y'all. Have a great beautiful, blessed day. Bye y'all.